escape to the metaverse But act like you know, yeah You are now tuned in to the Matthew and Rizzle show, yeah uh, Escape to the metaverse Better act like you know, yeah You are now tuned in to the Matthew and Rizzle show, yeah Hey everyone, it's Matthew. Before we begin this week's show, I just want to introduce this week's sponsor, Metacast Group. Metacast Group connects companies with creators in the NFT space through a network of NFT and metaverse-focused content creators and influencers. Hear or see your ad on shows just like the Matthew and Rizzle show to amplify your reach, connect with your target audience, promote your project, and convert views into action. If you're interested in this, reach out at metaversegroup.com or follow us on Twitter at Metacast Group. Thank you, and please enjoy the show. Okay, Luke, welcome to the Matthew and Rizzle Show. Hello, Matthew and Rizzle and the world. <laughs> Hello back. Uh, so to get started, really interested to hear a little bit of your introduction and especially your background. Like what were you mm-hmm. doing before you started the first one? Absolutely, uh, I was making TV commercials and this was like pre-pandemic. You know, I was uh, the executive producer for for a shop out here on the West Coast where we made uh, car commercials, like truck commercials and SUV commercials and commercials for yoga pants for a well-known yoga pant company that comes from the West Coast of Canada. You could probably guess which one. Um, That's mainly what I was doing is just like, you know, uh, helping to develop and budget and get these crazy productions off the ground. you know, the, the production world is a, is very much a cowboy space where days are 18 hours long and sometimes you work five of them in a row, but inevitably super fun. But like a lot of other people, about a year ago, I find myself with a bit more downtime than I was used to, mainly because you couldn't really get people together on set and start filming stuff. So um, people have been telling me for years, a lot of good friends in the industry in crypto, NFTs, DeFi, who'd been telling me to get into the space and you know, finally had some time to look into it and start to understand it. And it feels like a lot of time's gone by since. So when you found the space, I mean, did you like immediately gravitate towards NBA Top Shot or like what was your, 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 your seminal falling down the crypto slash NFT rabbit hole moment that kind of oh, brought man. you to where you are today? That is a great question. I actually wish I could remember exactly what it was that I, I think I literally Googled like NFTs. You know, I, I'm very much a person where it's like, I want to know how things work before I actually enjoy them. So I, you know, for years had like kind of dabbled around, uh, you know, just understanding literally like how blockchain works, like what nodes are. So I literally spent a couple of days just like sitting in a park near my house, like just reading medium article after medium article until it finally kind of clicked like what the technology was. And then I was like, okay, I understand. Like now I understand what a smart contract can do and why that's important. And what, what all this stuff is that I've been hearing about, like why that's important. And then I I started to look into DeFi, but not being, you know, not being a very savvy financial mind. Like I understood it and I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. But as soon as somebody mentioned to me or I read something about NFTs I think I done <laughs> probably Google searched it and then also spent some time learning it. And then within that very quickly found 
um, and be a top shot. But then I also honestly found like token smart and all these other communities. And uh, like my experience for the first couple of months was less so like, okay, I got to scoop all these NFTs and like go do fun things with them or, or try and flip them or whatever. And it was more so like, Oh wow. There's like thousands of people online who already have like an in-depth hardcore knowledge of this stuff and have been doing it for a long time. And that, that was more interesting to me. And that's more like where I spent my time kind of immersing myself. And it was like, like a much better uh, learning experience that way than just reading like medium articles and, and YouTube videos and stuff like that. So I wish I could tell you which one was the first NFT that I like learned about. But I can tell you that being already a huge basketball fan and it being like the end of the summer last year that, you know, the, the basketball playoffs were starting. And around that time, I realized I was like, OK, cool, I'm learning about this NFT stuff. And there happens to be a NBA licensed product in the space. So that was cool. Like, that's like how often in your life do you discover a new like interest slash hobby like NFTs where it already one of the leaders in the space is already matches with your other passion, which for me was basketball. Dude, I was right there with you, man, like FOMOing incredibly into it. I grew up playing basketball, a basketball fan. And, you know, NBA Top Shot came out with like, it was like the magic recipe. It was like all the things from my childhood combined with like the technology I was already interested in. There's like no transaction fees. I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. you know, this, is, this has got it all. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was there with you, like right in the beginning, man, but you have obviously become extremely like well entrenched in the NBA Top Shot community, which... You know, I I have to admit, man, when I, I I guess I should have seen it coming, but I didn't really anticipate like the, the depth of the community that Mm -hmm. would, you know, spring up around this product, just because I guess before NBA Top Shot, uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, before NBA Top Shot, after NBA Top Shot, I feel like the NBA, uh, the NFT space was because prior to that, you know, I was like, okay, the NFT community like gets involved in this and then it like resembles other NFT communities, but it really opened the floodgates from the, you know, sort of outside communities that are, you know, also interested in NBA collectibles and that kind of thing. So just interested on to hear, you know, sort of from your end, how it all played out on the ground floor over the past year and, you know, how, you know, you got swept up in the whole thing. For sure. Well, like I was saying, you know, I pick up where I was just leaving off is that like a lot of people think that, you know, they kind of see what I've done at the first mint, what we've been doing. And they're like, oh, man, like, wow, you knew the whole time. And it's like, no, man, I didn't. You know, like I I, I started in Top Shot in September. I was actually just they, they've just released like transaction history and Dapper now. So you can go back and see everything, all your activity really easily. And it's like my first pack purchase was like, yeah, whatever, like September 14th or something like that. And I spent like four months, three and a half months with no idea what I was doing, honestly. Like, and that's, and that to me (laughs) is where you learn things the best, but it's like, I sold these like LeBrons. I bought like the worst moments. Like I did all this like weird random stuff where it's like, I spent months literally just being kind of like an idiot (laughs) in top shot and in the NFT space. Um, where then I always knew the potential was there, but I, like a lot of other people, I, I don't think we saw it. I don't think we saw this happening. Right. 
Um, so I spent months doing that. And then it was only at the end of 2020. Um, you know, I just wrapped up a couple of contracts, my, my, you know, previous work, um, uh, making commercials and, and doing other content for brands, agencies, a few contracts had wrapped up and I was like, okay, cool. Like this space is clearly starting to take off a little bit. Like more people are starting to talk about NFTs. DeFi is, is, is starting to moon and it's going to moon through into 2021. So cool. It'll draw more attention. And I told myself, I was like, cool, like I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a go of it somehow in the space. Right. I don't know how I've got some really basic tools. Like I can, I can write and I can speak. And I have like over a decade of experience making like branded social media content. So maybe I can do something here. And um, I'd done a bit of work, a bit of volunteer work here and there with a few of the other uh, projects in the space. And it was like the first week of January. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I, you know, there's no podcast about Top Shot. I'll give it a go. Right. I'd done a, like a music podcast in Montreal like 10 years ago and a few little things here and there, but hadn't done much else. And I literally like ran to Best Buy one night and got like whatever the best microphone is that they had. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I hope this works. And I recorded, like, I have this photo I'll share one day, which is like, you know, the room I was trying to record in had like, just like the worst noise around it. Like the furnace was near it on the other side of the wall. So I had this photo where I have like literally like 20 cushions like around the computer and around me on the, around the microphone. And that's like my first podcast recording. And basically um, I made this podcast and, and the idea was like, I was like, cool. Like all the other guys in the community, you know, everybody who's, who's been here, they're going to like this. Cause it's like, we've, we're going to have like a community radio. Right. And then two weeks later, the boom happened, right? Which I don't know if you guys were still following then, but there was like this article written by Jonathan Bales, which is credited with being like this huge, like inciting incident for the, for the huge swath of people that came into Top Shot, which is, that's what kickstarted like the, the, a lot of collectors coming into the space, like non NFT collectors, like, like classic sports collectors, as well as like the daily fantasy crowd. And that, talk about that, that moment art, a little bit more, that that's a yeah. part of the history. I wasn't Sure. Oh yeah. Okay. So for sure. Yeah. We just did a, I actually just did a a pod like two weeks ago with uh, the non-fun gerbils about this um, because they sold the moment. So basically the first two weeks of January, um, things were picking up. Top shot was getting some media attention. The NBA season had just started again. Right. So that was a natural like marketing PR cycle for the NBA and NBA top shot. It was clear that the NBA was like starting to get a little bit more interested Top Shot had Tyler Hero, who's one of last year's like big name players. They had him marketing Top Shot with like, I don't know, they had like a YouTube commercial and he was like, you know, the welcome guy to Top Shot. So when you'd sign up for Top Shot to be like, hey, this is Tyler Hero. Welcome to Top Shot. And he'd like take you through it. <laughs> um, that's what, that was like the base marketing they were doing. And then it started to pick up a bit of steam, like a few, you know, kind of reporters here and there, sports reporters started to talk about it be like, wow, this is cool. Like this, there's this NBA digital trading cards and they're selling out. And there's a group of guys, um, two of the more notable ones are, are Jonathan Bales and Peter Jennings, who are the guys who had, who had created Fantasy Labs, which was like a huge daily fantasy uh, sports like betting company, analytics company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very well known in that space. And they and a group of other guys put together a package to buy the number one John Morant Cosmic. So if, if you guys are familiar with Top Shot, you know what that means. If not, like that's just that's one of the top assets you could get in, in the entire ecosystem. John Morant being one of the best young up and coming players. And they bought it one day. It was like January, like 14th or 15th for 35 grand. They bought it off of Luke from non-fun gerbils. Um, if you guys know them. 
And they had kind of negotiated, I think, like behind closed doors and DMs and, and Luke had brought the price down a little bit. So they, they bought it for 35K US. And the next day, Jonathan Bales, one of the buyers, he wrote this blog post that was titled, uh, you know, why or how, why I paid 35 grand for a video you can find on YouTube. And that just like nuked that entire community because he has a lot of like really loyal followers. They, they, those two guys against Jonathan and Peter are very well known for, for kind of being leaders in the industry. And that like within the next week, I think the user base went from like 1500 to like 40,000 or something like that. Like that was like one of the, that was when like everybody's account values and stuff, just like 10 X within a week. And that's also when, they couldn't sell base packs anymore because they would instantly sell out like literally 25,000 base packs, which is vanish. And that now these days, that seems like a small amount because, you know, even yesterday there was a pack drop and over 250,000 people showed up to it or accounts showed up to it, let's say. But at the time in January, selling out 25,000 packs in a mat in under an hour was, was crazy. Like that was berserk to do that. And top shot has just, has morphed since then, honestly, like that, you know, that the site started to having, started having issues where it couldn't handle a lot of the volume for pack drops or just the marketplace volume. Um, I don't think that the daily marketplace volume has got dips below like a million dollars a day or $2 million a day since then. Um, there's been multiple waves of new people who have come in off of that. And I, a lot of people in Top Shot prefer refer to it as like pre bales and post bales because of that article. So that's that's kind of an interesting thing, right? That gives you kind of like a, a, an insight into into who our community is and and how a lot of them have gotten here is through this like inadvertent like mega PR blitz of like essentially like a viral blog post that that really helped tens of thousands of people buy their first NFT ever, which is a Top Shot moment. Dude, I'd be interested to hear your take on like the appetite for NFT knowledge, information technology amongst the Top Shot community. Mm -hmm. And if that's something they, <clears throat> excuse me, in general, like are interested in or care about, or it like, you know, would it not matter if they were, you know, say hosted somewhere centrally versus being on the blockchain or, you know, how does, how do those two communities like sort of merge and overlap? Well, there's a lot of different phases. <laughs> As I'm sure you guys are aware. We're basically, you know, I think for a lot of people, I think what Dapper has done incredibly well is they made it very easy to buy an NFT. Right. Top shot, in a sense, is great. You swipe your credit card and you buy LeBron James. It's great. It's very simple. Right. And it's very reminiscent of other experiences people have had. And the appetite within that for learning more about NFTs, I'd say, is very much there. So much so that when other kind of like hot, sporty like NFT projects crop up, our community and just the community in Top Shot is very interested. The two probably most popular ones recently have been Zed Run, which is like the horse racing game. And um, for better or for worse, the Tops Major League Baseball Wax Drop, which um, has been, a, from what I understand, a, a, a very different experience as well to, you know, even just try and buy, buy wax or buy things on wax. And the appetite is there from our community, but the understanding I don't think is quite there. And, you know, I've been, I, whenever I can, I try and point uh, a lot of our people to communities like yours um, and, and, and just other places where they can go learn 
about what the foundations of NFTs are and what they're supposed to be about. And also just literally like, like we still have a huge knowledge gap. We're still a lot of people ask me like, Hey, what's USDC and how do I get it? And how do I, how do I buy one of these horses? What's a MetaMask? Like those are daily questions that we still get. Ideally at the first mint, we're slowly morphing into what I hope to be like more of an educator where we can be like an on-ramp for a lot of those projects we haven't had to be for top shot because again, people can just buy things really easily. So that's for better, or for worse. You have a lot of people who've been able to like ape into NFTs without really, without, without spending ETH. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's kind of, that's kind of where we've gotten. Um, and that's our people. I'm sort of curious, like with that ease of access and like working at Nifty Gateway, we, we sometimes get this as well, like providing mm-hmm. sort of like a custodied environment, like payment channels, making everything like super easy to transact with like debit cards or credit cards. It's great. But then you get some of the the more crypto maxis that are like not your keys, not your assets. And then mm-hmm. the, the kind of complaints about folks withdrawing funds and, and things like that, that have been kind of popping up, obviously, if you're paying attention in the Twitterverse um, here and there, right? Like, here, yeah. I mean, is that just total FUD and like that's a, a minority issue or like are there actual technical issues that that Dapper and NBA Top Shot kind of like need to rectify at some point? I'm, I'm curious your take. On, on those issues and growing pains, that's, we should probably. That's a this. that's a great question. So yeah, the a huge part of the narrative in the Top Shot community for I'd say maybe the last two and a half months has been withdrawals, mm-hmm. where people you know, Dapper has made a huge effort to comply with a lot of like fraud and uh, whatever securities laws and stuff like that. So that's what they've been saying, and that's why a lot of people who've entered Top Shot haven't had access to withdrawal. I think now they've reached about 130,000 accounts have access, which is way more like than six weeks ago, where it was maybe like 5,000. Um, they, they, Dapper says that they review every withdrawal and every approve or every request for withdrawal and and being approved as an account. They they review those manually, and they've grown their like compliance team a lot in the last couple of weeks to help accommodate for that. There's there's a lot of ways to kind of look at that. It has been a problem without a doubt. And we have to we have to say that it's a problem and we have to, you know, especially as influencers in the space, I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that, that it's not that is not great and it's a very unpleasant experience to, you know, ape in with 10 grand, uh, maybe sell a couple things and then you want to take some money out and you can't, and there's no timeline for when you'll be able to. That is incredibly frustrating. So it's it's very important for us to acknowledge that. What I will say though is that. I don't, and I don't really mean this in Dapper's defense. I just mean this as like a uh, like a context. Is that through the fall in Top Shot, the collectors who were in there, who were all like very, who all were relatively like NFT crypto savvy people, if they wanted to take their money out, they would just sell their moments off market for ETH, mm-hmm. right? And that that was normal for a long time. Like even at the start of January, people were still selling their accounts off market for like I don't know hundred ETH or something like that, right? And that, that was so normal. I think back in the day that I don't think Dapper realized that, that, that it would become a problem as soon as you brought in what I consider to be the normal consumer crowd. Mm -hmm. Right. Because this, this product, like all, all the foundations of this product, all the feedback that Dapper got originally was all from the NFT community. A lot of it was, you know, crypto kitty OG people who were invited in to be one of the first hundred in top shot or other NFT people who heard about it or like, I want to get in on this. Right. Mm -hmm. That's who your crowd was up until like the middle of the fall. Even when I came in, 
in September, I, I realized that the NFT space was so nascent that I never even thought about withdrawals. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like if I want to get money out, I'll just trade it for ETH. Like, I guess that makes sense, right? I didn't really think about that. But now since January, you have such a um, non-crypto audience who's come in that they expect things from Top Shot that are normal consumer product features that they don't realize don't really exist in the NFT space. Right. Like people are coming at this like, hey, this is why isn't this like a normal bank account? Why is it? Why doesn't this marketplace function like Amazon? Why does it crash? Right. Like you have a lot of that confusion where people don't really realize that this project's in beta and what that means in the NFT space. And that also like Dapper's built like a, a, one of the most like by far the most sophisticated and scaled NFT like marketplace or, or arguably that exists. Right. But people don't realize that because most people are used to using something like Amazon <laughs> that is obviously really good and can scale. Right. But they don't nobody really understands the idea that it's like, hey, like like this is a brand new blockchain and flow. These transactions are on chain. That ain't easy, man. It ain't easy to do thousands of those per minute. And that you that's where there's been like a huge frustration gap where you've let people who come in and they don't know anything about crypto. They don't know how new the space is or anything. They just know there's money to be made here or that they freaking love the NBA and they love this product. And they're in here, you know, treating this like it's going to be any other online platform. And it's, and it's just not there yet. Dude, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I guess it's like obvious when you pointed out how, like, yeah, Top Shot is great for the NFT crowd who's like used to much, much jankier experiences. But yes, the mm -hmm. Amazon crowd is probably it leaves a lot to be desired if you're not used to, you know, fiddling around this technology. We expect uh, so much now, right? We expect so yeah. much. Right. And it's a common joke. It's like something on your phone's not working for like three seconds. And you're like, God, you, you know, you just like lose it. Right. And that's normal. But it's like, you guys know this, right? You're, you get everyone listening in your community. You guys know this. It's like, Hey man, like NFTs are still a tough go. Like, yeah, most, <laughs> when there's a big sale, a lot of platforms crash. Like that's just how it goes. Right. And you, when you've got like 200,000 people who this is, they, they don't own much crypto and they've, this is the first NFT they're they're They've owned. They never really gone into the space. That's not acceptable for them. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Uh, Top Shot was a lot of my friends' like gateway into crypto and NFTs, as well as as mm. probably like a lot of people's. But uh, yes, it's you know onboarding them to something like MetaMask or anything. I, and you know we've all probably done this like ad nauseum, but just explain to those people like. Oh yeah, sometimes the transaction goes through right away. Sometimes it takes like an hour. Sometimes you just really have no idea. Maybe you just kick kick back or whatever. But it's all good. You know, it's all on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. You know, it's it's fine. And just just sort of like you know, we all know like what to expect and everything. Um, dude, uh, would be curious to hear your take, man. I you know was paying attention to the tops uh, wax drop and. You know, I feel like the NBA has done such a good job of, you know, building out this marketplace. I mean, obviously, there's always like, you know, paths for improvement, but uh, especially the secondary market, man, I feel like NBA Top Shot really is putting on a clinic in terms of like how to light a fire under a secondary market. I mean, obviously, all markets have their their swings and everything. But in terms of like moving forward, I, I guess I'm saying all that to say, obviously, every major sport is going to make a go of this mm -hmm. in some capacity. 
And I'm curious to hear your take as, you know, someone who's entrenched in the community. Like, do you feel like other sports getting involved in it will effectively like dilute the pool of people who are interested in NBA top shot? Because now all trading cards, you know, essentially have their, you know, sports trading cards essentially have their NFT counterpart. Or do you feel like Mm -hmm. the NBA fans or the NBA fans and, you know, they're all sort of, you know, have some overlap, but function in their silos? Like, how how do you see, like, other sports affecting the landscape of, you know, just the marketplace and, you know, NBA Top Shot in general? That's an excellent question. Uh, well, I mean, in the real world, in the non-NFT world, there's plenty of space for every sport. And I think a lot of the major sports leagues do a really good job of getting out of each other's way. Right. So, you know, a really good example is like when it's Super Bowl Sunday, the NBA schedules games in the morning. They don't put a game at the same time. They don't put LeBron in on like a national TV slate at the same time as the Super Bowl. Right. So that's like a really basic example. So I feel like so long as the the leagues themselves in in sports or the, you know, the teams or whoever are uh, involved in some way, then I think over time we'll see something very similar. I don't think it'll dilute it because I also right now, I don't think we're nearly at the volume of people that we will be at. One thing that the top shot always does say that's really interesting is that they, they say that the, the product is in the bottom of the first inning of its, of its timeline. Right. So that to me indicates that it's like, yeah, like, you know, a lot of stuff we're speculating on will come to fruition. Like maybe one day your top shot moments will be tickets to a game. Or if you're sitting at a game and the game ends, something pops up on your phone. That's like, Hey, pick one of these five, moments that highlights that just happened during this game and it'll become a moment that appears in your wallet like there's all these amazing integrations that can happen especially since the nba is so into it (laughs) 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 well there's a lot of cool stuff like that that you know um something again if you guys haven't been paying attention it's good to know is like the nba is very much behind this Right. And that's that's something that is I think is really important to note, whereas even like the top baseball one, it's like, man, nobody's heard from Major League Baseball on that one. Right. It's just there. It's just the, the company that has their their trading card license that's trying to make NFTs like that's really what that story is. They're, they're just trying their hand at making NFTs. That's not MLB is not involved there, hasn't vocally been involved. But the NBA has been very involved with Top Shot. They they use the Top Shot website to announce their Rising Stars roster back in March, which for those who don't know, Rising Stars is essentially when there's the All-Star game. The NBA also highlights uh, some of the very young players who are like in their first or second year in the league, and they have a Rising Stars game uh, amongst them, amongst like the rookies. So they the NBA announced that lineup on the Top Shot website. Uh, in the form of new moments that were coming out. So there's already been some really base marketing marketing being done there. If you're the NBA or any other sports leagues, you're looking at Top Shot and realizing like, oh my God, like it's a down year. No one's at our games. And Dapper has found a way to make tons of money, right? And sports revolves around money. So if you're the NBA, you're like, obviously you're any of the sports leagues, you're like, okay, we got to get people back in the seats, right? Like that's what matters the most. That's the revenue. But you're also like, oh, man, if we get people in the seats, but we got millions of people at home who are also like every night buying stuff or or trading stuff or whatever that is like, oh, man, you want to get in on that. So will these will the sports audience dilute itself? No, I don't think so. I think if anything, um, 
you might end up having more people be fans of more sports because of this. I know a lot of people that were like, yeah, you know, I used to watch the NBA finals here and there. I know who LeBron James is now through top shot. They're like, Oh man, do you, do you have the new Stanley Johnson moment, which is like a, you know, small player on the Raptors. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, there's, there's so many more people who are like, know so much more about basketball now because of this product, because they like it that, I could see that happening across multiple sports, right? Like something like UFC, it's like, I don't watch much UFC, but man, when that product Dapper has the license UFC and apparently it's, we're going to see like a beta or something maybe later this, this year for that. Um, man, I will pay attention. Absolutely. And that might actually make me watch UFC more, hmm. right? So yeah. I actually think you, I think every, every single one of these sports leagues has a huge opportunity to create more fans and more fans of multiple disciplines through NFTs. I think that point that you made of how kind of connected the NBA has been to Top Shot is super crucial. I mean, it's hard to just be a bystander and have an impact on community first and then sort of like uh, like products and projects like Top Shot. And if, if you're going to be a league or an actor or a personality and get involved in the, the NFT space or the that collectible space, and you're just going to be like a name that's associated with it. Like, good luck. <laughs> like you're going to fight an uphill battle. And yeah, yeah. I mean, having your name associated with an underwhelming product, that's never a good luck. So it's always mm-hmm. good to kind of like be on your, your P's and Q's when it comes to that's that a, kind of thing. Exactly. But, but one of the things I wanted to kind of talk to you about and what first attracted me to your podcast, The First Men, mm-hmm. was, was your sheer kind of joy that I feel that you find from collecting. And yeah. I don't, I mean, obviously the numbers are amazing. The marketplace is phenomenal and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But I'm just wondering if you could kind of touch on for a moment, like the joy that you find in collecting. I got a really dark story for you guys. Yes. Kick that yes. off with <laughs> that I only told once where we had, I was, I was very lucky to have Daryl Morey on the podcast uh, two months ago. Who's the, he's the, He's the general manager, president of the Philadelphia 76ers, one of the smartest brains in basketball. And I told him this story because we started talking about collecting. Um, when I was a kid, I collected tons of stuff like crazy, like like I had, you know, like thousands of pogs and shout out all pogs. these like, yeah, shout <laughs> out <too>. pogs, <laughs> bring <laughs> pogs back. Um, give me some slammers, you know, and and I had like all these like action figures, all that kind of stuff. And I had thousands. My My proudest collection was comic books. And this is such a classic, like, here's why NFTs are great story. I had these comic books, right? I discovered comic books when I was like 11. And I literally like had subscriptions to like Silver Surfer, Iron Man, Avengers, like two different Spider-Man titles. Uh, And I would collect the most obscure things. Like I had this comic book that was where Archie, like the, you know, like the Riverdale Archie meets the Punisher, like the murder character guy. Like (laughs) there's like a crossover. The Punisher is trying to kill a guy who looks like Archie and he thinks it's Archie. Like there's anyways, I had like all these weird, obscure comic books. And when I moved out of my parents' house, I don't know what happened to them. Like, I don't know what I was like 19 or 20. And I, and I had a bunch of them in boxes, like in like the plastic sleeves and neither me, my parents, my brother, nobody, we can, we can't figure out what happened to them. I don't know if like, I like dumped them or brought them to the comic book store and said, I don't want these anymore or traded them in, but it's literally like a black hole in my memory of what happened to these comic books. And I literally have dreams about that where I think like, man, I would do anything to read. Like, saying, this is the stuff my yeah. nightmares are made of actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I would do anything to be able to read like the Iron Man number, like 345 to 348 where his, 
his armor becomes sentient and like maroons him on an island. Like, like I'd do anything to just ha- hold that and 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 read it, and I can't because I have no idea what happened to it. And <laughs> which is ironic now too, because like the last fifteen years, it's like the biggest movies have been Marvel movies, where everybody is now like a big Captain America fan. And I was like, you don't understand, man. I had all these comic books from like ten years before that, and you know, this is a weird thing. So. Yes, I'm a huge collector, but for the last like 15 years, whereas since I've lost my comic books, I haven't really been collecting that much, right? Because it's been like a traumatic experience and I've been moving around a lot, you know, like any person in their 20s, I had multiple apartments. So I just kind of lost track of a lot of the collections I had. But now I'm back, baby. Now I want to collect. Now I, I legit just love everything that we can do in NFTs, whether it's like getting a full set and uh, like, you know, in Top Shot, you do the challenges so you can get the full set and then you get the new moment. Even in the, the Tops Wax thing, you can you can burn five cards to get like a new pack, all these different functionalities like that, that that are in the sports NFTs and are in the rest of the NFTs. Like, I freaking love that, man. Like, I think it's so cool. I love holding these assets. Um, like I have such like when people discover my MetaMask, they're like, yo, what the hell is all this stuff, man? And they're like, what's this like sandbox land? Uh, you know, what are all these like ENS domain names, <laughs> what are all these like golfers and like all this other weird, all these other weird things that I have, but man, do I ever enjoy it? Like, like, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build a business here out of the first mint and out of the podcast and, and make something real. But sometimes I just get caught up for a couple of hours, just like looking at top shot moments that I might want to buy, or just looking at other like weird NFTs that I like. Right. And it's really brought that back for me. And I actually think it's brought it back for a lot of people in a far more sustainable way, right? Where it's like, I don't know what those comic books are. I'll never find them again, but I ain't losing these top shots, man. <laughs> like, unless I lose my password or something, like, they're there. Dude, in terms of, like, what you're saying, man, building a business behind this and, you know, it's not a concept, an idea you believe behind. I think I think we all do in everything, but, you know, I'm just hearing you say that and I'm thinking about what you said about, uh, you know, Dapper saying we're still in the bottom of the first uh, so it seems like the sky is the limit, man. Do you have like a long-term vision or like a idea of mm-hmm. where you're sort of hoping this will all lead to? I mean, it seems like this is one of these things where you're so entrenched and in on the ground floor that you probably have your choice of like the direction you want to take this thing, uh, at this point, uh, what, where do you see this headed? Or are you just sort of like, you know, taking it one step at a time? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's a great question. Um, there's, there's two main things with which, you know, uh, I'm letting these things kind of guide what we're doing. One is leading with education and, you know, nurturing. So, so even when I, you know, started that podcast, it's like, this will be fun. Very quickly, I realized as soon as I started putting my voice out there, how many people had questions. And that's like, literally people had questions around just top shot. They're like, what's the difference between this LeBron and this other LeBron from a different set, like the most basic questions. And then that's slowly turned into like, we we're talking earlier about like, man, there's a huge education gap just for NFTs and crypto in general. So what I want to do with the first mint is totally, we're going to go in depth and provide analytics and do really cool interviews. But at the base level, I always want to be the place where you can have questions answered and where you can feel like it's a safe and good place to learn about what's going on. So we have a lot of people who've gone into NFTs. It's very mainstream now, but man, there are so many more coming, right? Once we develop, once there are more products like, like top shot that can, you know, make it easy for people to learn and whatever's coming next, um, 
I always want us to be a place where, where we can kind of be like the, the on-ramp or the incubator or just, or just a helping hand for all the new people and even all the veterans, right. Um, to, to keep learning. And I feel like that is how we're going to help create new advocates in the space, new hardcore collectors, new builders, right? Like if you're, if you're somebody who's looking for a career change or a young person coming into the, into your career and you're curious about crypto and then you encounter communities that are very gatekeeper and are like, Oh, well, if you don't understand that, you know, we're not gonna explain it to you, then that's, that's not good, right? You need, you need to learn from what you think are the experts and you need that to be a very kind and open voice. So that's a huge part of the mission. And I always want us to do things with that in mind. And the other one is I want to build full crypto. It's what I call it. I, I you know, there's a lot of things like that we're working on. I can't really talk about just yet, but for example, you know, we're making content, a very natural stream of income for that is to be sponsored. I don't want to be sponsored by like Cheetos. Uh, we might be someday if we are that's okay but i would rather be sponsored by like i don't know like OpenSea or something like that like i i want i want to if someone's going to use our platform to promote what they're doing to our community i want it to be you know a crypto product or crypto brand that i also think is important in the space right and that that might cannibalize a lot of early revenue but that's okay. Like, like I, again, I want people to, to, I want this to be a learning experience and I, and I want to set an example for how a business can be built in crypto, especially a media business, which is often very, often has to rely a lot on like really basic traditional advertising. I want to try and do something a little bit different. And in terms of what we're doing next, it's like, we're kind of letting the industry guide us, right? Like, I think it's really hard at this point to say, here's exactly what our business plan is. And here's exactly how we're going to grow for the next couple of years, knowing that in four months, the industry will be completely different. Right. And it's, it's, it's a bit of an open book, but I think so long as we, we keep, you know, community in mind, education in mind, and look for as many opportunities within crypto to make this a living for ourselves, then I feel like, you know, we'll be set up for success in the future. It's a very bland kind of PR answer there where I don't really say anything too specific, but uh, (laughs) that's, 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 it's the truth. You know, uh, I think we have a chance to, to, to do things a little bit differently. I love that approach though, like focusing on the crypto side of things for early partners and honestly, in such a nascent space, having Mm -hmm. the good fortune to be here so early with all these other, like frankly, amazing projects that are still in their own kind of respective timelines, just getting started to be able to have that opportunity to have these early partnerships. Oh my God. Like over time, like those partnerships will just pay incredible dividends. But the question I wanted to ask you and sort of like for future sponsors of Mm -hmm. first mint um, listening in on this, like what are some of these other projects outside of like OpenSea, of course, that you think are just like doing amazing things in the space that you would honestly love to have like partnerships. Oh man. Oh God. Uh, I mean, I, I, anything that is, that is like one of the marketplace platforms. I think, I think most of them from what I understand, you've been doing a really great job. Um, You know, anything that can be a secondary market, I think is great because that's that's one of the funnest parts of the NFT space is just seeing what's for sale and, and going shopping and and you know just being able to display or, or see um, you know what you have in your wallet I think is really important. So any of those like OpenSea, Rarible, any any of those platforms I think are I'm down with. Oh man, outside of that, I think some of the protocols would be cool. Like someone like you know uh, like someone something like Polygon 
that obviously has been getting a lot of attention lately. You know, they're they're they've <laughs> being being an available, I guess, uh, option has saved quite a few projects in the NFT space uh, in terms of letting them do, you know, letting their projects migrate over to Polygon and, and do, you know, I guess more a far more sustainable um, marketplace ecosystem structure where they can do incredibly cheap transactions. So someone like them would be really helpful. Anybody who's building in the space, like, like, like you're saying, like the long-term partners are really important. So to me, it's like, cool, if we're going to go out there and our plan is to become like the ESPN or the ringer of the NFT sports space, then I want to, at this point, be partnering with who I think is going to be the Apple or the Facebook or the 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 Amazon of the space. Maybe I, I hope none of these companies end up like having their employees like sleep in the parking lot or anything like that. Like I, not not in the like horrible wages aspect, not in the evil way that those companies operate, but more so in the like impact way. Like who's you know I I want to I want to help promote whoever we think is building like the iPhone of crypto or yeah. or however you want to shape that right. Like that's that's who I want to work with. Right. Um, inevitably, at the same time, though, it might not be a company. I had this thought the other day that I was like, you know, I was thinking, I was like, who's going to be who's going to be the Facebook of crypto? But then I also realized I was like, maybe that's just Ethereum. Maybe Ethereum is the Facebook of crypto and we just don't look at it that way. I don't know. That's that's a totally different thought. But um, yeah, I'd say I, I'm I'm open for partnering with with anybody that, you know, you guys feel or we feel is is, is doing a great job in this in the space and and has the right mindset for it. Love it, man. But I, will, I do lean on people like you guys because you guys have been around a lot longer than I have, you know. So I, I do lean on a lot of a lot of you guys and a lot of people I've helping me with the first mint to to tell me like you know who which of these businesses have the right like principles have been building the, the the what you guys consider to be the right way in a way that's sustainable and gonna gonna be there for the long run and to help people right like I you know I have to lean on a lot of the more OG community for that. Dude, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, much respect to that. Uh, obviously, we're seeing like a lot of everything flying into the space right now. So, uh, you know, to have someone doing the things that you're doing, you know, also keeping up that sort of mentality is, you know, I feel like exactly what we need to keep things moving forward in the way we want. Uh, dude, as we get close to the end here, we love to sort of like uh, get really nosy and shake down our guests and check your Ethereum wallet or if your Flow wallet or, you know, whatever, whatever wallet oh you're God. carrying these days and oh uh, see what types of like okay. stuff you're collecting that, you know, might have nothing to do with anything that you're currently working on or doing just like oh, yeah. guilty pleasure type of stuff. Yeah, see, this is where this is actually the part where I feel like, you know, I, I definitely feel like people, the Top Shot crowd is looked at as like, okay, these people are all like really new to NFTs. They don't know what they're talking about, but I got to take you through like what I have just in like my main meta mask. And you, and I feel like this is actually what gives me more credibility with crowds like you guys where you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. You have some weird shit. Like that's good. Yeah. Dude, um, flex. <laughs> okay. So let's see here. Okay. I have 26 Ethereum name service addresses. Um, some of them <laughs> that's, that might not be a lot, but for me, it's a lot. I spent a lot of money on that. Um, I have some of them that are like basketball player names. <laughs> which I just thought would be hilarious. Um, I have like a bunch of like, like star Wars ones. Like I have like Tatooine.eth and like Jedi hunter.eth. I don't know if I want to like sell those to Disney or just have them. I just think they're hilarious. Um, what else do I have? Uh, 
I've got, yeah, I've got some sandbox land that I'm holding for long-term, whether to, to build something on one day or just to, just to own. Cause I, I love that project. I've got a, a sandbox. I've got Wizzy the golden, which was a NFT from the sandbox that they gave for, I actually can't remember why I got it, but it was like an airdrop they did for, for, I think it's cause I staked some sand. I think that's what they gave it to me for. Um, I've got one of those bit wine, wine bottles that just came out. Got a few of these Z horses. I don't know. I don't race them. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Uh, I have a bunch of, although it's on, I guess it's on, it's on Matic now. I have this, there's this game being developed called Synergy of Sarah. Uh, and I have a bunch of their like crates. Um, I've got a Crypto Llama V1. I've got a bunch of golfers from Blockleet, the golf game. Uh, I've got a few, I've got a bunch of Avagachi wearable vouchers, including I think the, uh, the first season of their rarity farming just ended today. So should be getting some rewards there. I got a bunch of, I got a few axes. I sold an axe at one point. I've got some axie land as well. Um, yeah, that's one wallet. So that's some of the stuff I have. Is that, yo, is that my, am I legit here? Yeah, or is this, yo, or is this, yeah. Yes. I don't yes. have any punks. You know what I mean? I never got the punks. I didn't, I didn't get any of that. I don't have, I feel like I don't have any like really classic, like well-known NFTs. I just have like weird NFTs that are kind of like, it's like a strange collection of stuff. Dude, I feel like you, you certainly have your OG stripes. You know, it's funny, man. I, I feel like, you know, the the term OG is thrown around so much and like mm. uh, often attributed to people who have been in the space yeah, and rightfully so for a very long time. But I feel like with like a, a wallet like that, dude, like you get it. Like you, un- there's no doubt you have like a <laughs> thorough understanding and have done your homework and digging of the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you. through of the space that I feel like, you know, even if someone comes into this space like a week ago and they flex a wallet like that, I'm like, yo, the person has done their homework. Well, the <laughs> other thing too is that, yeah, a lot of people are like, hey man, like, you know, what other NFTs you collect? And I was like, I'm going to tell you, but you shouldn't like, I'm going to tell you, but don't go buy what I have. Like right. go read about these projects and read, like go read like 20 white papers before you do anything else. And then go into the discords and talk to people and then buy some weird shit. Like, that's literally what I tell people. I'm like, don't just buy what I have. Like, I don't know. I'm not buying stuff so that it like moons one day. I'm buying it because I just want to have it, you know? And that's, I think that's, that's such an important thing to remind people of that. It's like, yes, like maybe you bought a LeBron James in January for $500 and then you sold it for 4,000. Like, yes, that is possible in this space. But if you just try and do that, it's, you know, it's not going to be very fun and it's going to end weird. You know, it's not, it might not end the right way, but it's like, if you go collect a bunch of weird stuff that you want, that you think is cool, then you're going to have a lot more fun at the very least. Right. So oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you for the affirmation that I have weird, that I'm a, I, I'm legit or whatever you yes. want to call it. <laughs> I've done yeah, my homework. It's, it's That's a, badge a good way of to put it. in my book, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really hard. I've got a bunch of. Po- I've got a. Uh, I, Rizzo, I do have. I do have a Pope badge from your birthday party. Yes. Whoa. In my in my Pope Ooh. wallet or whatever it is. The yeah, hardest ha- flex of them all at the very yeah. end. <laughs> there you go. That's the most. Actually, I'm alright. You know, I couldn't figure out. Maybe you guys help me. I can't actually figure out anymore on Pope where to see my actual popes. I don't even know how to do that. Like, I just go to their site and I can't see it. So, see, this I'm also kind of dumb at the same time. This thing you guys don't understand is that it's like. I, I'm I'm kind of bad at stuff too. Like I don't I, I'm really bad technology wise. It's shocking that I actually got a handle on how blockchain works. Dude, um, somehow I'm here too, and I'm terrible with this shit as well. We've got some Pope <laughs> experts though. Yeah. I'm, we'll, we'll refer you to the pros. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but I have yes, I was I was at your birthday party, so that I do have that. 
Just I'm so honored, you know. dude. Yes. Yeah. I'm well, I, I was honored. I was happy to get it at the time, right? So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll find your pope. Now this is high priority. <laughs> Honorary OG status conferred. We'll get that pope support to you ASAP. <laughs> I also did a bunch of the Met Olympics um, back in the day when they were on, Hell and yeah. did that like race. That, yes. Oh yeah. That, that epic who, race. Who that sent Rizzle. us the wrong direction? That was, was, it, that was me. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, all right, everybody run this way. And I went off and I was like, yo, I'm going to win. And then like halfway through, you're like, no, guys, the wrong way. And I was like, oh, come on, man. And then those checkpoints, like some of them weren't working. And and then I think the week before is when we took that giant like selfie in the stadium. Man, yeah. dude. And that was one of those things, man, in crypto voxels. Like, you know, that's around the time that I was starting to tell friends and family. I was like, hey, I'm exploring this like NFT space. You know, it was like October, November, whenever that was. And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, what do you do? What are you what are you doing? And I was like, OK, so today I went into this thing called crypto voxels. That kind of looks like this, like, you know, 80s version of Minecraft. And there was 300 people in there and we took a selfie. And they're like, cool. You know, like my, my fiance is just like, OK, that's cool. Like, and I'm like, yeah, this is I, I was like, I really think this space has potential. And she's like yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> like that that sounds okay and <laughs> just but now but now all those people are like holy shit man you were right you know <laughs> i'm like yeah you gotta go i was like you you want to cut your teeth you got to go to some weird shit like that man you got to go to like right. the weird bed olympics or like this <laughs> birthday party or you got to go do a bunch of weird crap like that to to get it and to, yes. to get in so yeah Definitely Love the whip it. in the Met Olympics where it's at. Uh, send send all these these latecomers into the dark forest and help them find their footing. <laughs> CryptoVox is so weird, man. I love it. Love yeah. it. But Luke, man, absolute pleasure of a conversation. Super happy that we're able to get you onto the podcast. Everyone listening, make sure you go follow The First Mint on Twitter at The First Mint. Subscribe to The First Mint wherever you listen to podcasts at. But Luke, man, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Gentlemen, thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Before we go, just want to remind you once again about this week's sponsor, Metacast Group. Metacast Group connects companies with creators in the NFT space with network NFT and metaverse-focused content creators and influencers. So if you want to hear or see your ad on shows, just like the Matthew Rizzo show, to amplify your reach, connect with your target audience, promote your project, and convert views into action, reach out to us at metacastgroup.com or follow us at metacastgroup on Twitter. Thank you and see you all the next episode.